This segment is brought to you by Matt Bates for Movement Mortgage, NMLS number 844154. Movement Mortgage supports equal housing opportunity, NMLS number 39179, nmlsconsumeraccess.org. You're locked into the Despirito Team Real Estate Show with host and top realtor Emilio Despirito on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. We're talking with industry leaders about real estate trends, money making tips, and advice on buying and selling the American dream. Now, here's Emilio Despirito. Hey, good morning. Welcome to the program. This is your show all about real estate. We're happy to be here with you each and every single week. We bring on some power players from the different facets of the market. Again, I'm Emilio Despirito, and I want you to go ahead and save my off-air number. If you need anything at all, you can call me anytime. This is my direct cell phone, 401-359-2338. Maybe you are relocating to Florida or Arizona, or California, or across the world, I can help you. We've got shops and locations and advisors in all of those places, or maybe you just need information about your home value, whatever it may be, 401-359-2338. Awesome. So today we've got Matt Bates of Movement Mortgage on the line with us. And I want to start by saying congratulations to Matt and his team at Movement Mortgage for while other mortgage companies are scaling back and trying to find ways to cut budgets to to do this or that, Movement Mortgage is massively growing and just picked up hundreds of loan officers and acquired the mortgage network company. So, Matt, congratulations to Movement for making big moves. Yeah, it's a big deal. Um, with uh, with growth, we get better better interest rates, more products, better st- stability in the market, um, market capture, which is huge for us. We've always really striven, been driven by getting massive market capture. And and uh, when when we started out here at bringing movement mortgage to New England, because my my office my my branch was the first branch of movement in in New England. Uh, we set out to want to be number one, which was a tall task, and we've d- we've done that a couple of years in a row now for purchase business and uh, acquiring mortgage companies like the Mortgage Network is helps make that a lot easier. Uh, so we're uh, we're real excited for our new uh, teammates, and uh, we're looking forward to taking on the next year. You know, and s- see what twenty twenty three has to bring on. That's amazing growth. I mean, I, I remember when you guys, when you were like, hey, look, we're, we're starting this company, it's movement, this or that. I mean, we were, we've been working with you guys since the get go. And uh, it's funny because whenever any lenders contact us, we're always comparing, you know, you to them and like people, I literally have the mortgage people have literally stopped calling me to try to get my business because I'm just, no, I'm happy. I work with movement. I work with Matt Bates and, and granted, you know, we can't, we're, we're, we're always here for our clients, right? We tell them who the best are, but movement is always number one on that list for us because you guys are fast. You take care of stuff. You do things the right way. Um, you, you're actually educating people through the process. Matt, I trust you. You've done my mortgages, my family's mortgages. I mean, uh, my clients, like it's just nonstop. So congratulations to you guys very, very much. Um, Matt, I want to I want to talk right now about 
the mortgage rates over the past week and a half or so have gone down a little bit and then up a little bit and then down a, a, a lot of it and then up a little bit. Like what is going on? What is moving these mortgage rates right now? How are they? What What is happening where they went down a blip? You said they went down by 200 basis points at one point, which is what? Two points, 2%. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's the pricing. There's the overall pricing that's attached to a particular interest rate. So, um, it it's contributes towards getting better rates. But it's not like it went from seven to five percent. Um, yeah, we're in the we're in the the impressive low to mid sixes, which was which could change any time. That's it could change any time. It could change any time. I think that uh, a lot of the uh, inflation pr- um, strategies that were implemented as far as increasing higher, higher in raising interest rates to combat inflation is starting to work because the last economic report, the numbers were, were better than what they have been. So there's some improvement okay. there. And I think the mortgage market is reacting to that in a positive manner. So um, I'm happy about that because it's going in the right direction versus the wrong direction. Uh, you know, a half a point increase is going to be m- more impactful and hurt more than a, a half a point down i feel like and as long as that didn't happen um we're going to encourage any any better rates and better pricing because um it just makes a lot of things a lot easier when it comes to qualifying for a mortgage and affording the new home and whatnot so um for the clients that are out there that are under contract that might not have locked in a rate be really in touch with your loan officer uh, pretty much daily and trying to figure out like what it is an appropriate time to lock. Um, and then folks out there that are shopping right now, you want to make sure that you're in a position to lock uh, when you, when you get the house, you know, when you get your contract accepted um, because there is no guarantee that these will stick around. They might go back up a little bit, but we're going to work with what we got while we have it. Yeah, man, I'm I'm hearing that rates are going to hit over ten uh, percent. I mean, you always hear speculation, right? But but literally, I mean, we're how long is it going to take to get this inflation in check? I mean, we've only just started, and the you know the amount of money that was printed and and out there, and the amount of inflation that we have is going to take. Somebody said maybe a decade to two decades. You know, again, people throw stuff out there. You, you know, there's stuff all over the internet, what to believe, what not to believe. Usually 90% of it is, if not more, is wrong, Matt, right? But still, it's an uncharted road. We've never been down. Well, I mean, we've been down the inflation road before, but, you know. Um, I think we what we haven't done is gone from such so low rates to so high rates so fast. You know, it's it was like the best rates that you have ever seen that you could ever possibly hope for. And then now it's like the most dramatic opposite difference. And, yeah. and for that to happen in such a short period of time, it really throws but, everybody off. You know? you're, you're right. But at the same time, like one of our open houses, we had 11 parties through right the other day. And, you know, another one uh, uh, about a handful uh, we, we've got a lot of traffic still on our homes, okay? So there's still a lot of buyers out there. And the inventory levels, Matt, are still very low in Rhode Island. Um, one thing that we're seeing uh, happen is uh, 43% 
the equivalent of 43% of our housing stock over the past 30 days when you're considering single family, multifamily condominiums and land has come off of the market and then basically back on. Okay. So, so what, and, and roughly about 10 to 15% have seen uh, just a price drop, boom, where they just dropped the price online. So what I'm seeing is uh, a lot of people are taking their homes off the market and then relisting them at a new price. Okay. So for sellers out there, I'm going to tell you that it's turning more into a buyer's market. Buyers are becoming more and more picky. And when you're dealing with a very well-qualified buyer, okay, um, that's giving you reasonable terms, you're going to want to think about potentially working with them, okay? Because and in making, finding a nice middle ground if possible and in making it work because I'm seeing a lot of low ball buyers come in. Like one of my listings, Matt, somebody came in 200,000 under asking these buyers. Wow. 200,000 under asking, dude. Last year, right? We were seeing 200K over asking. Like that's a 400K difference, right? Uh, granted, this is a million dollars. How do people dollars. have the energy to fill out the paperwork for something like that? I, I told the realtor, I told the realtor, I said, listen, I said, you are wasting your and your client's time. I'm going to present this to my clients. But uh, I always, you know, when somebody goes that low, Matt, I always say, like, are you sure you want this is going to do nothing but aggravate my seller because it's ridiculous. Like right. that house is worth what we're asking for. My client, the seller, put his best foot forward with pricing with the house. And we're right. We're right on the money. So uh, it just blows my mind. Are you seeing a lot of your buyers now going in and kind of lowballing stuff? And does that approach work right now in this market, in your opinion? Um, no, I don't. I haven't had to have the, that too many conversations about that. Um, I I think that a lot of... Uh, a lot of them are coming in right at listing price. Like the deals are getting done like right, right at asking price, which is fair. Yeah. Um, instead of going over like crazy, you know, Correct. you know, people going hundred grand over 50 grand over. Um, I don't see that happening anymore. I see, I see people coming right in at the asking price and making it work that way. Um, yep. the low balls haven't come in yet uh, because Quite frankly, I think that if if my clients are doing a low ball, they're not telling anybody and uh, they're not getting them accepted. So it doesn't come across the desk anyways, you know, um, so I just haven't seen that yet. And uh, I really uh, if anybody asks me, I don't think that's an appropriate strategy um, unless you know the sellers or, or you know, it's a it's an odd, odd scenario, but um I think that there's other ways that things can get you can get a good deal without having to lowball the price. Um, you know, I, oftentimes, like if I was to sell a house and someone was willing to pay me what I, you know, what what I was asking for it, then I feel like that's good business. You're willing to do more things to to make, get the house squared away. But like if you're going to come in and offer two hundred grand off the asking price. Then I'm not even gonna clean the thing. <laughs> I mean, like I'm not even gonna clean it. Like you can't, you can't you're do not anything. Sell it. Yeah, you're not gonna sell it, right? You're sell it. You're not gonna get the keys. Um <laughs> oh, man, it's agreed. Yeah, those are a lot of people that are selling and then buying or selling and relocating. By the way, we can help you out with that. Check out the rimortgageguy.com. You can go ahead and uh, 
and and he can help you figure out what your mortgage payment would be but you also another fat piece another good piece to that there is uh figuring out how much equity you have and you can't go off of zillow numbers you can't go off of estimates you got to have somebody come in and actually price your home so matt and i worked together as a team there and we can help you out and matt is licensed in florida connecticut massachusetts and rhode island and most of our clientele is moving down to florida actually the palm coast area or fort myers or areas like that so we have we have locations there as well we can assist you um and anything you need just let us know the rimortgeguy.com go ahead hit them up the rimortgeguy.com i'd like to thank matt bates and movement mortgage uh for coming on and uh helping us out with this segment. Matt, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate being here. Looking forward to next uh, next week. You're welcome. You bet. So uh, stay tuned. We're going to be right back here with Jill Sugarman. She's an attorney that focuses on trust and uh, estate sales. We'll be right back in two minutes. This is the Desperado Team Real Estate Show powered by Movement Mortgage. Movement Mortgage. Movement. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to the program. I'm Emilio Despirito, your host for the remainder of this hour. And this is your show all about real estate. You know, there's so many different parts to the real estate puzzle, and it's important to have the right people behind you to help you figure out and make sure that this thing goes as smooth as possible. Whether you are holding, buying, selling, you have to have the right advice. And that's what this show is all about. So I'm excited today. We've got some great guests with us. We've got Matt Bates of Movement mortgage here and we also have a special guest joining us today and that is our friends no other than jill sugarman she is an attorney and she focuses on estates and trust and she is wonderful I, I think she's the best in the state i've worked with her in the past i can't speak highly enough uh, about her she's with scott and handworger llc and um just a, a great resource for us and our clients so matt and jill welcome to the program Good morning. Thank you for having us. Good morning. Good morning. Always Steve, a pleasure. Glad to be here. Glad to have you both here. So, uh, so Jill, look, Matt and I work with uh, an abundance of buyers and sellers, and sometimes people that uh, are, are that gain an inheritance and and go and purchase investment properties or other properties. So, uh, learning about trusts and learning about estate sales is just something that. You know, I wish we had hours to talk with you about and ask you questions on, right? Um, but what I want to talk with you about right now, though, is I want to educate our clients, our listeners here on things they can do to not get hung up on the process, not get stuck in probate. Because how many times do we see homes stuck in probate or estates stuck in probate and people wait and wait and wait deals fall through in a real estate market like this where prices are at the highest and you know and and are probably potentially going to go down from here and interest rates are going to continue to grow it's important to be set up so you can take as much out of these assets as possible so jill where are you seeing most people get hung up on in, in ding, Excellent question, sir. And that is a big problem. Because why? Because when somebody dies, you can't just sell their stuff without permission. How do you get that permission? Either one, if you're smart enough to plan ahead, 
you might have a trust and we can talk mm. about trust, which you mentioned before, mm. and that might make it so that you can easily and right away list a property and get the most efficient um, way to transfer it. Um, also, you could have an estate. Maybe you have a will, maybe you don't. If you have a will, do you have a power of sale? Can your person, once they're appointed, sell the property or are they going to be stuck like you talked about in probate and have to go back and get permission to sell? And a lot of buyers are not patient, especially in this market. And planning ahead can make that go a lot faster for everybody involved. So if somebody has a will and they have the power of sale, we can petition the probate court. We can make it streamlined and efficient. And the buyer knows we we might we are stuck in probate, um, but some people wait and some people don't want to wait. So planning ahead is key. And people who don't plan, they suffer on the opposite side. So to, so to be clear, there's probate court always involved. It's just how fast you get through the courts, depending on how well you're prepared. Well, there can be. So some people um, choose to utilize trusts for probate avoidance. There are so many kinds of trusts and trusts can be used for a number of different reasons. One, revocable living trust can be used for probate avoidance, asset management during life in the event of your incapacity. It doesn't give you any asset protection. There are other trusts that we can do to protect your assets, including homes or rental properties, beach houses, things like that. So if you, you have, have a more than one trust about the same assets, I have, for instance, myself, I have a revocable living trust because I don't want to go through probate. If I drop dead tomorrow, I want to make sure that my trustee or the person that seamlessly takes over without the need of probate court can then go to you and Amelia would say, go list Jill's property. We want it sold. We want to get the biggest bang for our buck. We want to do it as efficiently and quickly as possible. So my house is in my trust. And you know what else is in my trust? I have a condo in Vermont, of course, for those snowboarding days yep. that we all love to go. So why is my trust extra important for me? Because not only will it control my Rhode Island assets and allow me to avoid probate in Rhode Island and allow you to list and sell my property right away, but it will also allow me to control my property in Vermont with having to then go into probate in Vermont as well. Yep. If you have property in two states and you don't have a trust, you're wasting a lot of money for your family. You're up the creek. Oh, yeah. What What do you think, just a ballpark, estimate, and this might be hard, but as far as, as time, Jill, to take something through probate, and I know that's a loaded question as far as cost, what is like the range of that? Is it like one to six months? Is it like 10 to 30,000? Do you have like a range there of how much time and money people waste? It's, it's about the complexity of the estate. And to be honest with you, so much of it is driven by the beneficiaries. Mm -hmm. If all of us are siblings and we get along great and we just want to get it done, not a problem. Quick, quick, quick. It could be a $3,500 administration. Got it. If we're fighting, it's a problem. And we all know you have a good <laughs> fight, right? <laughs> and we come from a happy family here. So from the time that somebody's appointed to be in charge of the estate, you have to leave it open for six months, but but let's say that uh, Matt, you're appointed. You're my you're my favorite brother. I trust you the most. Sorry, Amelia, and you get appointed as the executor of my estate. So as soon as you're appointed, which is at least thirty days after I've deceased, that's already a timeline there. And one month. I'm not. I, I'm still. I'm not also on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> so once you get appointed, though, then you have the authority 
to execute, to sign that purchase and sale agreement, to actually hire Emilio to list the property. And then it goes from there. Now, if there is an administration, meaning I died without a will, then you'll have to go back and get petition from the probate court once you have an offer to make sure it's acceptable by the court. If you have a will that gives you the power of sale, then you don't have to go back. So once again, even a simple will is going to save you from having to pay for, by the way, and also lose more time going back to the probate court. So it can go as quickly or as slowly as possible. I have probates that have been open for, for five years now. Why? Because there's some land in there. Well, there's land that's contaminated. There's environmental issues. It's owned by several people. There are issues that are out there. But I also have probates that we literally will open, right? Especially in this market, because real estate's going like this with you guys. And we can close it six months in a day after it's opened. Six months? So six months in a day when you're in probate. You have to leave the probate estate must be open for six months and it's a creditor issue. Sure. Because when you open probate, you have to give notice to all known and ascertainable creditors. If you have a trust, things are a little bit different. How so? Um, the When you're in probate court, you have to file. It's very administrative, A to Z. You can't do Z before you do B. You have to give certain notices. You have to have a lot of paperwork that's signed by beneficiaries. You have to give notice to DHS and so on. So somebody can put a lien and file a creditor to be paid back. In a trust administration, it's private. You don't really have to give notice to anybody. Of course, you're obviously going to pay your bills. That's not the point. But it's very streamlined and effective because you have a successor trust you already named. They immediately take power and authority so they can begin the administration like that. So if, again, so if Matt is my successor trustee and I die, you can list the property right away. You already have the power and authority to do it. Got it. You can Got streamline. It. Now, the one thing that comes into play, which I'm sure you're, you, you run against, is you have to get a release from the state of Rhode Island. It's mm -hmm. not just Rhode Island, but when somebody owns real estate in a state and they die, there's an automatic lien that gets attached to the real estate. So if you until went to court, until the courts do the thing to say that it's okay to sell this property, then they six percent, right? Well, the probate court sale is different. That's the power and authority to actually sell. What happens is when you go to a closing, um, the buyer's attorney runs title and sees if there's any lien on title. If there was an owner that passed away within seven years and they didn't file with the Rhode Island Division of Taxation an estate tax return to release an automatic lien, yep. then that has to be done before you can transfer title. Now, that doesn't always hold up the closing. A good buyer's attorney is still going to close, maybe hold some money in escrow, especially if it's an out-of-state seller. But these are things that need to be done. And when you have a married couple and one person passes away, they never file these. This always comes up. Yeah, it does. We see that caught too. Up and losing a spouse, like probably, and not everything gets done. That's Absolutely. why I tell people buy owner's title insurance. Like it's necessary to do, buy the owner's title insurance policy because who knows what's happened over the course of the years, whether or not people, you know, a, a woman was is selling her house, but her her husband died. Seven years ago, failed to mention it, and but now there's the this title defect, and you know, and and a good buyer's attorney will pick up on that those things. But if you don't have owner's title insurance to help you out past the closing, then some of this stuff can come up and grab you, and it's not fun to deal with, you know. So 
that's that's my two cents when it comes to that. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, if you're just tuning in, this is the Spirito Team Real Estate Show. We've got a couple of great guests on the show with us today, Matt Bates of Movement Mortgage, but also Jill Sugarman, a partner with Scott and Hanworger LLC. She focuses on estate uh, law as well um, and, and trusts. And she's a fantastic resource. And you can look her up at riestatelaw.com. Again, riestatelaw.com. Go ahead, check it out. Look at, uh, at Jill. You'll see her profile on there. And uh, give her a shout for anything with estate sales, trusts, any type of legalities with that. You're going to want to make sure that you have a will in place, that you have somebody that's guiding you through the process. I trust Jill. I, I refer her to all of my clients that have that need and uh, have helped Jill personally on some stuff. She's helped me on some stuff. So I, I can't speak highly enough about her uh, from a professional and personal standpoint and all of my experiences. And we're talking about estates and trusts right now. And there's only so much time on the radio show. But uh, Jill, um, a lot of great information there. Can I ask you, we've got a couple minutes left. Can I ask you, what are the downfalls of, of, of putting your real estate in a trust? Are there any downfalls or cons to that? Yes. Well, first of all, again, there are several types of trust. But if you had a revocable trust, the only downfall to that is if you want to refinance, and for a long time, people weren't doing that because the rates were so low, but now up, down, who knows what's going to happen. So if you want to refinance, lenders don't always like trust. So sometimes you have to take it out of the trust to refinance. Then we can always stick it back in. And it's a revocable trust. So under Garden St. Germain, you should be able to do it, but lenders can be difficult. If okay. you have an irrevocable trust, then you certainly can't refinance. You can't get a home equity, home equity line of credit. Um, so that's really the only downfalls. Otherwise, Got it. Awesome stuff. Hey, to our listeners, uh, again, if you need any help at all with your trusts or will or estate or any questions at all, please feel free to call uh, Jill Sugarman down at Scott and Handwerger LLC. She's a partner there. She knows her stuff. This is what she focuses on. You can go ahead and give her a call at 401 654 6770. I'll say that one more time. Grab a pen, grab a piece of paper. Jill <laughs> Sugarman, 401 654 6770. Tell her you heard it here on the Despirito Team Real Estate Show. And you can also check her out at RI Estate Law. Dot com. Jill, thanks so much for coming on air with us today. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a fun, good time, and we love to educate people. You're very welcome. You do a great job at that. And Matt, you too, brother. Thank you so much for coming on. Let's not forget about Matt Bates with Movement Mortgage, the RIMortgageGuy.com. Go ahead and uh, make sure you get pre-approved before you start your purchase process. Matt will work you out through that. And he can help you in Florida, Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island. Pretty impressive guy right here. He's fantastic. Good stuff. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to be right back in a couple of minutes. This is the Desperado Team Real Estate Show powered by Scott and Hanwerger, LLC, and Jill Sugarman. Stay tuned. Be right back. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. How's everybody doing today? This is Mike with Patriot Property Inspections. And today I'm going to talk about the first time home buyer experience, specifically how uh, it pertains to home inspections. So, with the way the real estate market's been over the last couple of years, we've seen a, uh, an increase just recently of first-time home buyers coming into the market. And uh, that's for a number of reasons. Rents have gone up a little bit. 
um, prices have leveled out or even started to dip just a hair. So people that have been kind of on the fence about whether they keep renting or uh, maybe get into buying their first home are now starting to get into the market to buy houses. And what we're noticing is a few things that first-time home buyers should really be thinking about during the home inspection. So I'm going to hit on those today that, you know, hopefully in the, uh, in the <clears throat> excuse me, hopefully so that uh, things can be made a little bit easier when you're experiencing your home inspection. So let's start by saying that there's not actually a difference between a first-time home buyer home inspection and any other home inspection for a buyer. So it's not as if we do something different for a first-timer versus a seasoned investor. So it's not, it's not really that so much. It's that first-time home buyers or home buyers that maybe haven't purchased in a while, haven't been through a home inspection process, or maybe haven't been through one in a while, and it can be overwhelming. And uh, I like to just go through some stuff and help you smooth it out. So first off, my job, once you hire me to inspect the house for you, is just basically to describe the house and all the conditions present. I'm also uh, an educator. So especially for a first-timer, somebody who hasn't owned a house before, um, or even somebody that's not familiar with this kind of house, if there's a lot of different systems than what they're used to living in, uh, it's a great time for them to learn about the house. So we encourage you to follow the home inspector around during the process. I don't mind talking as I look at things and take pictures, and then as I'm explaining different uh, defects or different conditions or different systems, that gives the, uh, the customer, the buyer, a perfect opportunity while we're standing right in front of those items to ask questions so that they can be uh, really familiar with the systems and really clear about what the deficiencies that we're, we're flagging exactly are. So um, definitely follow around. When you're booking your appointment with a home inspector, if you're not using us for some reason, um, make sure that that's something that the home inspector is comfortable with. There's no reason why you can't follow them around, except for dangerous areas. Obviously, we're not going to let you climb on the ladder and come up onto the roof with us or up into the attic. Um, or if there's a really tight, confined crawl space, you probably shouldn't go in there. But anywhere where it's safe, you should be able to follow around and, uh, and go through it with them. On a similar note, a lot of first-timers do bring relatives to the house. It's not uncommon for a young couple to bring their dad or their friend or their uncle or somebody else that might be more familiar with house maintenance with them so they can kind of help uh, just be a second set of eyes for them, which is fine. Uh, I know a lot of real estate agents out there maybe cringe when they hear uh, both uh, the buyers are bringing their dads. Uh, we don't care. Um, I know dads want to help us, not that we need their help, but they might ask questions as well or they might be able to help clarify some of the findings. So bring anybody you want. The only thing that I would say is I, uh, I try to instruct when we have a large party like that, stay with the tour. You know, um, I don't really want to, uh, to say the same thing to each party. And even worse, I don't want to say something to uh, the, the buyer and then they paraphrase it differently to their father who then paraphrases it differently to the contractor. And before we know it, we've got a crazy game of telephone and people are getting information that I actually didn't disseminate. So um, I recommend everybody stay with the tour, follow around, and I will field all the questions and make sure everything is, uh, is answered and clarified so that way you know the conditions of everything that we look at. Um, when, when you get to the, uh, to the inspection, or even just before you get to the inspection, you should kind of have a certain mindset. And so there are three things that I like the customers just to kind of keep in the back of their mind. Thing number one, this is important. I don't care what the listing agent said. I don't care what it looked like when you walked through it. There is no perfect house out there. Pretty much every single house is going to have some type of deficiency. Be prepared. My job is to find those. So we're going to document them. Now, they're not all earth-shattering. 
Some houses have lots of deficiencies that are all kind of minor things that can let go. And some houses have major deficiencies, which is why I like you to follow me around. So I can clarify the difference between this is urgent, this is going to ruin your house, or the window lock on the third floor doesn't work. I have to tell you about it because it's broken, but it's not a huge deal. So um, you need to know that unless you're buying new construction, any used house is going to have a list of deficiencies. And then the last of the three things that you want to keep in mind is it's not your house yet. Yep, I said it. It's not your house. So if we find a bunch of stuff wrong with it and it terrifies you, all right, you don't have to buy it. It's not yours. You don't have to fix it. It's not yours. It's somebody else's problem. So when we're going through the report now, we put a, a huge report together. It's not big because I'm trying to justify what we do. It's just big because we have to document an entire house and every system in the house. And we give a lot of information. And, of course, the deficiencies also have to get documented because we're here to tell you about all that stuff. So the, the items in the report that I like to tell my customers to kind of hone in on are the uh, urgent repair items or the more catastrophic items. I hate to use the word catastrophic, but those are the kind of items. And those items could be water leaks. No matter how major or minor, a water leak can cause other damage. So that would be an urgent item. Safety items like uh, dangerous electrical. Um, uh, other safety items such as maybe asbestos or mold where you have an air quality compromise. And then items that make it uh, impossible for you to finance or occupy the house. For example, if the heating system has failed um, or if the roof is so old that you can't get a loan, especially if you're doing like a VA loan, those appraisers can uh, put certain stipulations on the, on the roof. They want to see five years left remaining, etc. And then uh, the last thing is items that um, are expensive and probably close to the end of their useful life that you just don't have the money to fix. So if I tell you that the boiler in this house is 73 years old and it's made to last about 40 years, but it's working today, you should be planning for a new one soon, right? You have to have five or $6,000 probably set aside for that. So you've got to know that in the near future you're going to come up with that money. So those are the items to focus in on, items that are expensive, items that are dangerous, items that make it impossible for you to occupy or insure or finance the home. All the other items usually can wait, and you can get to those when you get to them. Now, there are two types of buyers, kind of. There are those that are buying with a, a cushion of cash. So you're buying a house, you're shopping at a certain price point, but you're budgeting a few or even several thousand dollars to do repairs or renovations to the house. This type of buyer... They're, they're going into a house knowing that we're going to have to fix some stuff. So they've got some money saved aside for it. And as long as the items that we identify are items that you can repair in the right time frame, then that's fine. That's a good deal for you. It lets you be flexible. You don't have to buy a house that needs several thousand dollars worth of work. But if you do, you have that money. So that's a nice, a nice way to shop for houses if, uh, if that's the situation that your family's in. Uh, the other type of buyer is somebody that is close to the top of their budget and they may uh, not have uh, a bunch of money sitting around to do a bunch of repairs. These are people that do have to be a little bit more careful. Um, they're shopping close to the top of their budget. They generally can't afford a surprise. And if we find items that make it impossible to occupy, insure, finance uh, the house, um, those items are things that they're going to have to try to negotiate with the seller and uh, either have a price change or maybe have the seller perform some type of repairs so that they can 
uh, be able to get into the house. And that's the negotiation part of it. That's not my job. My job is to give you the news. Your agent, your, your buyer's agent is to help you uh, negotiate with the seller and, uh, you know, hopefully reach a deal. And remember the third thing, a couple of minutes ago we talked about, not your house yet. Sometimes you can make a deal and everybody's getting a fair shake. You can afford to buy and maintain the house going forward. They're still able to sell it for, you know, the, whatever they need to sell it for based on their situation and you make a deal. Sometimes you can't, in which case you get your security deposit back and you go look at another house and you call us down the road. Now, if you're, um, if you're in the second boat, the seller is not required to fix anything that we find, no matter what. I don't care what it is. Failed septic system, they don't have to fix it. Radon gas, lead, uh, asbestos, you name it. They're not required to fix anything. It's a secondary negotiation. So be aware of that. Some sellers are uh, able to do repairs. Some sellers are not able or willing to do repairs. And, and every one is a case-by-case basis. So at the end of the inspection day, you'll get your report a couple hours later, and it's going to be super long. So go through it. Friends, family, dads, if they were there, can go through it. You can email it to everybody. Certainly your real estate agent or contractor. Know it's going to be 60 or 80 pages full of information and pictures. Go through that whole thing. This is important. If anything's not clear at this point, you've followed the inspector around. You've gone through the home inspection report. You read everything in there. You looked at the pictures, the comments that go with it, everything. If anything's not clear, at this point, you can still call the home inspector back and ask more questions if you want to. We get those calls all the time. It's totally fine. You're not bothering the guy. He charged you, you know, a few or several hundred dollars for some time, and he's going to uh, answer those questions for you to make sure that we're talking about the right thing. Sometimes defects, you read them, you put a bad tone on them, or you make them seem worse than they are, or vice versa. You don't think it's that bad, but it really is bad. So if you're not sure, definitely follow up with the home inspector. And if you have any other questions about what we do, please just reach out to us. You can find us online at homeinspectorri.com, or you can call me at 401-578-4878. This is Mike with Patriot Property Inspections. Have a great day. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. So you can see oh, what's going on. What's going on? What's going on? All right, we've got Jennifer Jaber with riblogger on the line with us and as we get to this holiday season i mean there's there's so many different things from christmas to you know shopping to you know uh who knows i mean check it all out at riblogger.com it changes often i mean not changes but she's adding stuff to it often and uh, you got to check it out to stay on top of what's happening out there in rhode island riblogger.com jen welcome back thanks for having me pleasure so the holiday light spectacular um, takes place at Roger Williams Park Zoo. Um, it starts November 25th, which is right around the corner, all the way till January 1st from 5 to 9.30. Um, it's a walkthrough experience, and it comes just in time for the holidays. There'll be more than three and a half million illuminated lights, um, transforms the zoo into a winter wonderland. Bundle up, grab a hot chocolate, roast some s'mores, and stroll through the 40 acres of illuminated paths. You can visit W www.rwpzoo.org for more information. And I believe you have to purchase your tickets online in advance. 
Mm-hmm. Friday, November 25th. These are, I actually love to go to the boat parades. Um, is the Newport Illuminated Boat Parade at 6 p.m. at Newport Harbor. You can view the festive displays of nautical holiday cheer um, from all over the Newport waterfront. It's a free festive event for the whole family. The magnificently direct decorated boats will compete in categories such as best de- decorated sailboat, powerboat, fishing boat, and more. And a lot of times you'll see kayakers, canoers, and all kinds of other people getting in on the fun, jet skiers. So it's definitely a good time. The 2022 Paws and Claws event is at Slater Park um, on Sunday, November 27th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. The Pawtucket Dog Park Committee is offering annual pictures with Santa at the greenhouse um, at Daggett Farm inside of Slater Park. There's um, And if Christmas is not your holiday, there's also winter-themed pictures, and they'll be collecting toys for tots. So again, it's a great um, cause to bring an unwrapped toy and get a picture with Santa or a winter theme picture with your pet. Awesome. Sunday, November 27th is the Coastal Queens Candy Cane Express. Um, kids can cruise at 3 p.m. departing from Jamestown. The cruise is a holiday fun event for the kids. The boat ride will cruise Newport Harbor and Narragansett Bay to see the sights and scenery. And Mrs. Claus will be aboard um, to make a special appearance and read a story to the kids while serving hot chocolate. And um, the boat is nice and warm and cozy. It's actually, you know, blocked off so nobody will be cold. And they all offer family pricing. So definitely check that out. And last but not least, Wednesday, November 23rd, Friendsgiving will be at RI Spirits in Pawtucket from 5 to 8 p.m. You can join the tasting room for a night of giving thanks and giving back to the community. The tasting room will be open and we'll be collecting much needed items for the Pawtucket Soup Kitchen. You can bring in one or more item and get a special discount and be entered into a raffle to win a bottle of your choice. And the full menu will be available. Bring friends and donations. And the donation list is actually up on the event page, but it's you know typically what you would imagine when you're donating to a food pantry. But there's other things such as like cleaning items. So definitely check that out because um, the most needed items are all listed out. Love it. And they can check it all out at riblogger.com. Don't forget riblogger.com and you can post your events as well uh, free of charge on there. And if you're looking to uh, get your business in front of people, in addition to that, check out riblogger.com sponsorship opportunities as well. Thank you, Jennifer. Thanks. Have a great week. You're welcome. You as well. Awesome. Great show today. I'd like to thank Jennifer Jaber of riblogger.com. Matt Bates of Movement Mortgage, Jill Sugarman, uh, partner at Scott and Handwerger LLC. We were talking about estate sales and trusts. Very interesting. And Mike Auger with HomeInspectorRI.com. That's Patriot Property Inspections. And uh, they're absolutely fantastic. Also, Andrew, our um, producer, Bill, our station manager, and you for keeping this show going and alive and number one now for eight plus, almost eight plus years. Amazing. 401-359-2338. I'm Emilio Desperado. That's my direct line. 401-359-2338. Anything I can do to help you out, let me know. Thank you so much. God bless. And we'll see you next week.